Welcome to the Tipsy Knits podcast. This is one of our Another Round series of pre-recorded content for our summer 2019 hiatus. We hope you enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to one of our hiatus tipples. Yep, we are absolutely delighted to bring you our first ever interview. Hello. At time of recording. At time of recording. <laughs> we are joined by perhaps one of the most famous and podcast prolific people in the knitting community. In Britain. <laughs> but she doesn't actually have a podcast herself. <laughs> this is the lovely Aileen. Hiya. Who is also known as Little Bush Baby. Yep, <laughs> that's me, yep. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her recent escapades into the world of knitting jewellery. Yeah, um, so I've started making uh, stitch markers. Um, I was a bead worker before I was a knitter. And I suddenly thought, you know what? Why can't I bring my love of beads to all my nitty friends who I know are magpies? Mm-hmm. And I have never seen a stitch marker that has a Swarovski crystal in it. Lord knows I have enough of them. So I started making <laughs> <laughs> stitch markers with Swarovski crystals and original hand-beaded designs. So basically um, you're being generous and you're sharing the sparkle. Yes, I'm sharing the love of sparkle. Yes, yep, definitely. Reasonable. We're down with that. And we're very glad that you have because, oh my God, guys, so yeah. sparkly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're going to pretend to be professional okay so obviously we've, we've covered who you are where can people find you just in case people kind of go I, I think i know that name yeah i'm just gonna go check instagram yeah if so i have been mentioned on quite a few podcasts because apparently most of my friends are podcasters and, uh, <laughs> or i seem to have unerring luck entering giveaways and prizes but mm-hmm. yeah sorry um so but you can find me on instagram as the little bush baby makes that's all one word and on Etsy, if you look up The Little Bush Baby, you will find my shop. So that's etsy.com forward slash UK forward slash shop forward slash The Little Bush Baby. Yes, excellent. And we will make sure that this goes in the podcast notes afterwards that you can click on links to your own heart's content. Yes. We'll, we will put all the work in so you can be lazy and just click. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, so we we're going to ask you what your tipple of choice is. But before we do that, you did bring along... A lovely drink with you. So what have we got? Okay, so we have above our foot farms light elderflower rose presse, which is thirty percent less sugar. Ooh, it smells good. It does smell really nice, and it's lightly sparkling apparently. Yeah. Mm. So it's slightly like a floral scent. Mm. That's nice. Mm. That's really refreshing. That's very summery. Uh huh. Nice and a little bit dry, but quite nice. Yes. Yeah. Quite it's... nice if it's chilled on a warm day. Yeah, yeah, that would be lovely, actually, mm-hmm. like at a picnic or something in the mm-hmm. park. Oh, yeah, so. Is it bad? I'm sat here going, and if you want to add some alcohol to it, vodka or gin would go down well. <laughs> well, I'll have to take your word on it because I am teetotal, I'm afraid. That's so. <laughs> we do not discriminate. <laughs> no, at Tipsy Nits, despite the name. <laughs> but yeah, if any of you are um, apparently booze hounds like me, this would make a nice mixer, I think, but it's lovely on its own. Mm. Yes. yes. Yeah. That is very nice. Thank you very much, Amy. Oh, you're welcome. Couldn't come without having something tipsy or something to drink. (laughs) (laughs) So if you weren't drinking this with us, what would you be drinking whilst you're beading or knitting? Uh, Usually tea. Vast quantities of tea in very giant mugs. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband and I now don't have it to the point. I don't even have to ask him. I just smile at him, bat my eyelashes and hold my hands up like I'm holding a giant mug and he goes and makes me a cup of tea. Excellent. (laughs) I need to try that with Phil. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. So you do have vast amounts of tea, Sia, you were saying, that you need to get through, so... I do, be... I do on the previous episode. Yeah, so that would yeah. be a good a good trick to teach oh, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so we thought it might be fun to talk about how we know you. <laughs> <laughs> Given that you're not actually a podcaster. Gosh, how dare you? I know. A dreadful tale. I know. I get mentioned in enough. It's what? Seven podcasts have been mentioned now, something I've been in. It's got yeah. yeah. to be more than that. No, I think it is. It just happens to be some of the bigger name British ones, the, uh, the yes. British knitterati, as it were. I've, I've won a couple <laughs> of prizes and got to know a few people. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do we know you? Um, well, I met you before I knew you <laughs> because I went along to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, my first ever time going to a yarn mm-hmm. festival. And I went on my own because I didn't have any knitty friends at all. And I hadn't been a knitter for very long at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that was year two or year three. Year it was three. 2016, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. So it was year three at the Corn Exchange. Uh-huh. So I was very brave because I get quite nervous when I'm travelling on my own. And I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I was very brave. And I went on my own on the train. And I went round. I had a great day. And then I went back. And I'm standing on the train. And there are two girls standing further down the platform who get on the train at the same time. And one of them was wearing a colourwork jumper. And I've been looking for a colourwork jumper, but none of them I liked enough. But this one I liked. So I thought, shall I, shan't I, shall I? I'm a bit older, I'd probably look a bit skeedy to them. But so I went over and went, excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what's the jumper you're wearing? To be told something that I went, thank you. Sat back down and went, what did she just say? (laughs) Because I couldn't actually recognise what was said. And I think I asked again, and kind of half got the name, Mm -hmm. and then wrote it down and thought nothing of it. So fast forward, somehow I stumble over your podcast, um, yep. probably yeah. from Kirsty of Grinning Creations, okay. might have got okay. onto, I think, uh-huh. not sure, either that or through Perth Festival of Yarn, yeah. do you know that way you can't, it's like I feel like I've always known you, so yeah. I can't remember anymore. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Um, so then I'm volunteering at Perth Yarn Festival, I'm on the ticket stand, I'm selling and here's you two rock up and I go, hi, I'm Little Bush Baby, and you sort of both look at me like, okay, and? <laughs> 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 so when it kind of went from there then it turns out that the two scared girls I'd spoken to on the train were you yes <laughs> and it was your gamel dags jumper yes ah, <laughs> and it okay. wasn't until later on that you told me that I was like that's what you said yes <laughs> and I still haven't made it but I still think it's one of the nicer colour work ones I've Aww. seen so mm-hmm. yeah and I remember I'm very bad at remembering faces so it was when you were like oh you were the person I told you on the train I was like Oh, okay, because yeah. yeah, I was I hadn't really like met Well, I will admit I don't I remember your jumper. Yeah. And I remembered sort of darkish hair, but I didn't yeah. remember the face. I do remember Sia's face because she kind of gave me a death glare. Oh my <laughs> I have resting bitch face. It was the resting bitch face which I now know. <laughs> but I remember thinking I must have slightly shocked you because I am aware a little older than you and I thought oh. maybe I just weirded you out by coming up to you on the train. So I thought, oh, thought yeah. really bad. <laughs> to fact, knowing me it's a someone that I don't know is talking to me. Yes. What have I done wrong? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it was horrendous. I just remember thinking, "Wow, I've really freaked this girl out." Uh, I better go no. sit back down and not ask them again. No, I just have resting bitch face. I'm sorry that I got between you and Pip sweating. <laughs> so technically, you were sort of my first nitty people that I knew before I actually had nitty friends. Yes. Oh god, it was terrifying. And then we got to know you better at Edinburgh the year after because we ended up sitting at the same table as you, and you were knitting your scarf. Yes. And I started talking to you and being like, oh, that's pretty, because I was doing Nathan... Was I doing Nathan's class that year? Yes. And you were like, like, be prepared to have your brain melted. 
No, I think that you did the class the year after. I did the scarf before. After, yeah. yeah. Because I did Nathan's class the year before, having mm-hmm. done the scarf just before doing his class. Yes. So I did his beginner's basics class, having already done right. brioche mm-hmm. double knitting with lace. Mm. <laughs> having never done brioche double knitting or double knitted lace before. Yes. <laughs> but about his pattern was good enough that I managed to follow it fine. Yeah. So it actually worked out okay. But. And then that was so it was that i think that was when we that was started, when we started actually it, yeah, like talking, talking properly yeah, and things yeah, yeah um and then vkn yes virtual net group yep so um so and, and perth and say perth, perth and perth really getting to spend loads of time hanging yeah. out in yeah. perth and being involved in that yeah so but i just love that story <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I, I can't the, believe that i love the fact that i actually went back and watched some from Edinburgh Yarn Festival videos from last year, the year before. So it would have been the year that I was walking around on my own. Mm-hmm. I went back and rewatched one not that long ago, and there's one point. Now don't ask me which video it was. It was somebody's vlog. I can hear your voice <laughs> coming out from one corner at one point, Sounds just because right. I now know the tone of your voice. Yep. I'm like, uh... they're just over there. <laughs> my voice carries. It doesn't carry that much. It's just now I know you because I'm because I because yeah. I do music. I'm tuned into sound. So uh-huh. because I sing with the choir, I'm very aware of noises around me and sound around me. So I just I now know your voices. So <laughs> we have been warned. Yeah. <laughs> no getting away with anything now. Yeah. Oh. So I think this is another thing we possibly know, but for listeners that don't, what is your actual crafting timeline then? Because you said. A few minutes ago, you didn't, you hadn't been knitting that long when we first met you. Yeah, unofficially. Okay. Unofficially, right? Okay, so at, just as of now, I think I've been knitting ten or twelve years now, nearly, maybe not, not almost that. Uh huh. Um, prior to that, I was actually a bead worker. Um, and prior to that, when I first started crafting as a child, it was cross stitch. Yes. Um. So basically, when I was thirteen, um. My mum's very arty. My mum is incredibly talented. She does the most beautiful watercolours. She does the most beautiful textile embroideries. She's got far more talent at that than I can ever have. Um, and we've always done crafty things in our house and as I've grown up. When I was 13, um, middle of first year in school, secondary school, um, I fell ill with um, basically a chest infection, a throat infection, which then resulted in uh, Emmy chronic fatigue syndrome um mm. so i spent a year and a half in bed at times i was too tired to brush my own hair all these sorts of things so i was very tired my mum wanted to give me something i could do mm-hmm. something that mm. was easy to pick up and put down so and there happened to be i'd seen she'd cut a craft magazine and there was a cross stitch kit on the front of it and i did it and i loved it she didn't do cross stitch she had no patience to do cross stitch <laughs> i taught myself to cross stitch so that got me into cross stitching mm-hmm. and then a few years later started to get better happened to be out with a friend somewhere we're at a retro vintage store and there was a 1960s big choker with big chunky crystals and beads on it and she really loved it she loved the idea of it and I said well the price they're asking for that is nonsense I'm sure we could make something <laughs> so I picked mm-hmm. out a book at the library on bead weaving and I, I taught myself to bead weave and I made a few chokers and then I got hooked and then I happened to meet up with a group in Glasgow um, which are now known as Beadwildered Mm-hmm. Um, so it's part of a group I'm in my friend Mary runs that and most of us, not all of us, but most of us are members of the British Beadworkers Guild um, mm-hmm. so I was a beadworker for years um, and I've actually designed and taught my own pieces through the group as well um, I specialise in basically learning a stitch and then breaking the rules a lot of people like Ooh. to 
Some people prefer to stick with a kit and they're happy to follow instructions and some people like to do their own thing but start from a, a basis. I quite like learning how something's done and then completely ripping up the rules and doing my own thing with it generally. <laughs> so, yes. A little bit different. I tend to jump, nice. jump in the deep end and do things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't quite remember how I got into knitting. It was something along of, I think I wanted to crochet something. And at my beading group, the lady who runs it, my friend who runs it, Mary, her mum used to be in the group. She sadly passed away last year. And she was one of these women who could craft everything, you know, had, had been doing it for years. And she was a crocheter and she taught me to crochet. And then somebody got me a wee knitting kit. Mm-hmm. And I never crocheted again, basically. <laughs> I did a wee bit, but not much. And then I jumped into the knitting. And then it happened to be I was in Borders one day in the coffee shop, in the Borders bookshop. Mm-hmm. And my husband came, or, you know, my husband said to me, do you know there's a knitting group downstairs? I was like, is there? So here's me frantically trying to learn my seven inches of basket work scarf, you know, my first finished, <laughs> semi-finished object. I hadn't knitted anything else at that point. So I went down and got chatting to this knitting group. And yes, there's around the table was a bunch of ladies. And there was one lady who said, come along, join us. So I sat down and she was knitting socks. And I put down my half-finished scarf and went, what are you doing? I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that got me started on socks. And my first ever finished object as a knitter mm-hmm. was a colourwork sock that I designed myself. Wow. <laughs> using needles that got off the front of a magazine no concept of a gauge swatch at all no mm-hmm. concept of gauge whatsoever mm-hmm. um and for my husband's size 13 feet and it's wow. black acrylic yarn with the word awesome up the front on both feet and they worked and they fitted that <laughs> so, is amazing <laughs> so like i said i jump in deep end so don't do anything but halves yeah, don't yeah. Anything, that's the universe yeah. telling you you're yeah. meant to be doing this <laughs> so, um yeah so the lady had sat down next to it, her main probably all she knitted was socks that's all wow. she knitted with so um, I actually got invited back to her house at one point. She invited me for lunch, and she, it was the first time I'd ever seen a proper yarn stash. She oh, had a whole uh, room filled with Calax unit. Full, and she oh. was a quilter. She lived on her own, so she had a whole house converted over to her hobbies. Um, her quilt, she had a long arm quilt machine in one room, one of these giant 10 foot machines, and the whole wall in the room had been converted with a press pad and fabric, so that when she cut her fabric squares, she just pushed them against the wall and they stayed there because it was special contact fabric. So you didn't have to pin things. She just literally laid them up on the wall. I am so jealous. <laughs> that is the dream. I know. And she was lovely and generous because uh, she was showing me all the different types of sock yarns and I was admiring and saying, obviously, there's no yarn shops at this point. I was still a student or I was mm. just starting to work so I didn't have much spare money. And I was admiring and she's like, help yourself. Pick four or five. And she just let me pick four or five wow. skeins out of her stash and take them away with me. Wow. It was such a just, and it was such a nice introduction to the knitting world as somebody being so generous mm. and so nice. So, yeah. You know. But yeah, so that, that's sort of, I became a knitter, obsessive knitter for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, the beading had to take a pause for mm. the last two years, 18 months, um, because if any of you see photographs, you'll see I wear glasses. And I went for an eye test nearly two years ago now and got told I had an eye condition that was basically losing my sight yeah um so mm. i've had two eye operations last year um all seems to be well we'll know for definite in november but touch wood everything's healed up fine um but it just i couldn't see to be the beads are tiny and i just couldn't focus yeah, so i had yeah. to knitting became the thing you know it, it became the therapy uh-huh. um, to keep me going 
um, and a real comfort actually. Couldn't do anything else. I couldn't. In fact, I terrified one of one of my appointments at the beginning. I got sent up to the hospital for one of the first tests they did, and they put these um, dilation eye drops in. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So everything goes really blurry and bright. If you've never had it, your eyes mm. dilate like you're completely stoned, you know. <laughs> And of course, I'm knitting on a, a shawl for my mum at this point, and it was a pattern I had done once before. I'd done it for myself, um, so I'm just knitting a repetitive lace pattern at that point. So they they put the drops in, and then they send you out to sit in the waiting room for about half an hour while the drops do their thing. So I just carried on knitting, and instead of knitting at my usual seven inch distance, they were sort of down at the bottom of my knee at arm's length. But I'm still <laughs> knitting away, and it was when my name got called again, and I stood up, and of course, you know, knitting in hand, struggling with bag and jacket and everything, and I kind of saw the doctor sort of do a quacky movement with her head like as she'd spotted something and when I got up close to she peered right into my face and went no no it did work I was like is there a problem she says you were knitting I didn't think the eye drops had worked (laughs) (laughs) I wish but I just said to her well I don't need to see to knit I can feel what I'm doing yeah (laughs) oh that's funny um so we were wondering how you got the name little bush baby (laughs) Okay, so as I said, I've had ME since I was 13. Um, and if anyone, the basics tenet of that, if you don't understand it, chronic fatigue or ME, the main symptom is tiredness, exhaustion. It's mm-hmm. it's not like a tiredness where you go for a nap and you wake up and you're fine. It's a crashing unconsciousness mm-hmm. that just comes over like a wave sometimes. And when I was younger and I first met my now husband, he still lived at home, as did I. I was only just 17 when we got, we met and got together. Oh, um, we didn't date, we just met and that was it. <laughs> We're the original sucky couple. <laughs> and um, I used to go around, my dad would drop me off at his house on a Saturday so I could go visit him because we lived. he lived in a village outside of where I lived. And I would be tired because I would had pushed all my energy to survive five days at school Saturday I would be exhausted so I used to literally come into his room go hi give him a hug give him a kiss and then he'd pull the covers back I'd lie down in the bed he'd put the covers over me and I'd fall asleep for two hours and he'd just play his computer games and he used to tell me he would turn round and the covers would be pulled right up over my face with the exception of my nose and a little bit of my hair sticking out (laughs) (laughs) so you're wondering how does this get to little bush baby well fast forward a few years I'm watching we're now living together and I'm watching one of these nature programs and here is the presenter holding this tiny fluffy little thing in his hand very very small fluffy creature with very big eyes that looked terrified and it little hands almost sort of held out and shaking and you know terrified and this was a Davidoff's dwarf bush baby um, which is one of the smallest bush babies there is and they're very cute yeah um, and the presenter was saying, now this is the bush baby and the other, they are, they prefer nocturnal, they're evening and you know, times. And he says, now watch this. And he gently closed his hand around the bush baby so that it was encapsulated in his fist with his wee face sticking out. At which point it took a deep sigh, shut its eyes and fell asleep in his hand. <laughs> so my husband went, that's you. That's what you do when I wrap you up. <laughs> <laughs> so I became the little bush baby. So, and that was my gaming name at the time because I needed a, I was online ah, gamer. So That is an excellent <laughs> story. So it's true. You just, you tuck me up, you wrap a blanket on me. I just fall asleep. I can fall asleep anywhere. So That's so cute. <laughs> I love Aww. it. I think that's the cutest online name story I've ever heard. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's the myopic aardvark because he loves aardvarks because they're a bit awkward looking. And he's half blind. <laughs> he is myopic and half blind. So. 
<laughs> and I actually took him to Chester Zoo for his birthday two years ago to get to pet the aardvarks oh, um, for his nice. 40th birthday. <laughs> Amazing. So you have recently moved into selling your beading. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of what inspires you. Yeah. Um, Colour, mainly. Um. I was actually saying this morning that I was, I realised I was thinking about coming here today to this chat and how I would talk mm-hmm. about what, I never really thought about it because I've always loved beads, I've always loved the sparkle. For When it comes to beading, beading is very different to other crafts in that if it doesn't work, you can cut the thread and reuse the beads. Mm. So okay. it, unlike crafts where you know, if you knit it the wrong thing, you might have to rip the yarn back and mm-hmm. it doesn't always re-knit. Beading is a very recyclable craft in many ways, which is good because it's, it's I've had pieces that I've done over the years where particularly where I love the big Swarovski crystals and things, but due to finances, you can't always buy them again or you buy one. So I actually had one crystal um, that's been through four different necklaces because as my skills have improved, I've cut it apart, re-beaded oh. it and done it again. Oh, and I've yes. changed the design each time. So I, I just love that there's a quality and a texture to beads. Beads are not just the colour, they're also the finish. So you get matte beads, you get high shine beads, you get clear beads with a silver lining or they might have coloured linings. They can have coatings on them. Um, so the most common coating is known as an AB, an Aurora Borealis coating. And Ooh. that's the oil and water effect. And I love them because they're great ones to use because no matter what you're wearing, they'll go with it because they pick up the colours around them. Uh-huh. So they reflect back on themselves. So quite a lot of my your crystal pieces you'll see have AB coatings on just because they're sparkly and I like them. <laughs> so, but also being a knitter, obviously I now wear shawl pins, you know, designing oh, shawl yeah. pins and, and so. So having nice pins to be able to put on either as a decorative accent to your knitting or as a functional piece, which like my kilt pins are more mm. functional, they're heavier duty, particularly for the heavier weight shawls. A lot of shawl pins you get, they're too fine. Mm-hmm. they're very very lightweight they are just decorative so I wanted to be able to try and make something that people could wear with a heavier weight yarns like a DK's mm-hmm. or a Chunky's or whatever that they want to so. yeah yeah. so what sort of shapes do you like creating um, or working with well the, riv- the the crystals I work with at the moment the ones you'll see for sale the, mm-hmm. the round ones those are known as rivolis. Um so these are they're a circular shape and they are either domed at the front and back or domed just up the front. Mm-hmm. Some of the larger ones, if you ever see my bigger pieces, the bigger size of the crystal, they can have facet cuts on them. So they'll have a flat front with faceted edges. Mm-hmm. Um, Swarovski actually change up how they cut their crystals quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, they will repeat um, something for a while and then never do it again. They'll do short runs of them. If you're lucky enough, you can find vintage Swarovski pieces. Uh-huh. I have one vintage Swarovski button that's from a 1920s haute couture dress. Wow. Um, which is being kept to be used for something at some point, but I uh, <laughs> haven't decided what, because it literally will never be made again. Swarovski yeah. are quite cunning in how they do this. They make these. The rivers are the most common. Um, you do also get Chinese cut. Um, you do get, you know, obviously Swarovski are a quality of crystal. Um, yeah. they have a certain weight to them they have a lead content to them um, and that's the clarity you get in the Chinese crystals are nice they are lighter because they don't have the same lead quality in them they are slightly cheaper as well but they do also come quite in a nice range of colours as well you know. but at the moment I'm trying to work predominantly these were obviously just because I like them I, I really like their colours yeah you know mm-hmm. there's some real I have some real favourites one of my favourite colours is Bermuda Blue which is you can just picture what a blue would be like yeah. if you had a, an oil and water coating on it as well 
it just adds the the shawl pins that I have up at the moment are Bermuda blues um, uh, there's two blue shoppings in the shop just now so oh, wow. and they've now got a new range because that's the thing they bring out new things as well just like you get the latest yarn you get the latest crystals so mm-hmm. the new okay. range of crystals are called delights and these are neon pastel colors Whoa. so so the yellows that I put up this morning the sunshine well the ones that went up in the shop um, they are delight so they're a sunshine daffodil yellow color with a sparkle coating on the front of them so they twinkle in the light rather than having a flat coating on them uh-huh. so there's just so much variety and i mean i haven't even scratched the surface of some of the beads you get at the moment i'm working mostly in seed beads and another type of bead called a delica which is like a little seed beads are round beads basically mm-hmm. they're little little round balls uh delica beads are like a little cylindrical tube uh-huh. okay. so they're the ones on the kilt pins they make a nice flat surface when you weave them together mm-hmm. um and they're just when i say weave them together i am literally just using a needle and thread um the thread i'm using is a nylon braided thread called fireline um it's actually fishing line started out as a fishing line um but they've rebranded it now because they cottoned on that us beaders are using it for our crafting and it's super strong so i work in either six pound or four pound weight which means Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to break it i I cuts my fingers if i pull it too hard i actually cut through my knuckles if i if i pull my tension too hard i have to be careful wow and at one point when i was doing a lot of beading i actually had to put plasters over my knuckles because i was cutting right down through my skin (laughs) all the time because i was always tensioning in the same place yeah as i was doing it so but at least you know that way that uh, yeah. it's very, very strong. Yes, yeah, so. it is, which means it lasts. It means, to an extent, they're also waterproof. Now, some beads, you've got to be careful, they've got coatings on them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if I make it for jewellery and things, or, for example, if the shawl pin, I would recommend, you know, don't wear don't put perfume near mm. it. If you're going to put perfume, put it on, and then put the thing on. Don't spray, because the, obviously the alcohol and the perfume will yeah. degrade. Same oh, as yeah. you treat black pearls. Mm. Try not to get them soaked in water. Um, mm-hmm. And if you happen to accidentally spill nail polish remover on it then some of the colors will come off because okay. depending on the color um glass doesn't take certain colors so they have to be dyed okay so purple is a dyed color it is never because yeah. it's purple the, the chemical cre- construction for creating purple requires too much for it to be an inexpensive process so purple beads are always dyed rather than purple glass it's why you don't get blue glass or don't get purple glass or red glass red glass needs gold in it to basically make it red wow so it's it's a whole chemical process for it so depending on the color depends on how the bead is also manufactured um i should also say all the beads i use are japanese brand which is the highest qualities you can get Uh um so i'm using miyuki beads um so they're very well known japanese Mm -hmm. manufacturers which means they've got a good consistency of color and size and texture you get other brands you get check beads they have different sizes and cuts to them um chinese as well there's a lot more chinese crystals and things coming in you get different colors and clarities with them and stuff uh-huh. like like knitting there's a bit of you know there can be a bit of snobbishness about which <laughs> 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 you know. <laughs> or you're using check crystals okay i see oh yeah <laughs> you know, mm. <laughs> so. you'd mentioned there obviously your kilt pins and your mm-hmm. shawl pins so you've got kind of a range of different things that you're selling you've got stitch markers yeah so i'm predominantly selling stitch markers and shawl pins um the stitch markers i've got a couple of different designs at the moment um so the top of the line ones are the ones which are the fringed rivoli so they look a little bit like a rosette with three little fringes hanging from them Mm -hmm. they have tiny little three millimeter uh swarovski bicones at the bottom that's a tiny crystal that's three or four millimeters tall Mm -hmm. um and is shaped like a little like a 
like a round diamond, if that makes yes. sense. Basically, mm-hmm. if you look at it, it looks like a diamond, but it's actually in the round as well, um, which means it glitters and catches the light. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done a range of um, charity ribbon markers as well. So I've picked four charities, mm-hmm. which is the National AIDS Trust, the Pink Ribbon Foundation, the Bliss UK, and the Crohn's and Colitis UK. Um, mm. So these are all charities that either affect myself or close friends of mine. Um, so each of these markers are in the appropriate colour and shaped like the charity ribbon, like the red ribbon you've mm-hmm. pinned on your lapel. Um, but for every one of those sold, I'm donating a pound to the respective charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm just trying to do my wee bit to support as well. Yeah, know. that's awesome. Um, and most of my stitch markers have been listed up with what's known as a lever back earring on it. So it's a large fastening which levers open and that means you can either clip it into your knitting or into the fabric mm-hmm. knitting or it is actually big enough to slide over a three millimeter needle uh-huh. i use them comfortably on my sock needles all the time mm-hmm. um but i also have some that are on the more traditional lobster class the progress markers you might see mm-hmm. um, however if somebody wants one or other i don't have a problem changing them over i am now starting to list to give people the choice Mm-hmm. So it's only when you buy it, mm. you can choose which one you want. Yeah, Initially, yeah. I was just putting them all up as one type, and I had a contact from someone saying they really loved one of my pieces, but they wanted it on the other type. And I said, not a problem, just drop me a note. So that's all they need to do. Just if you're buying something, just put a note on, say, I would prefer this type of clasp. And it takes me two seconds to, it doesn't affect the price, the both prices are the same. I can just nip the, the mm. fastening off and change it over. You know, So it's, it's whatever somebody wants, you know, it's easy to do. Oh, cool. So, and I'm I'm open for um, you know, if anybody wants custom pieces as well, I do take custom orders, and I have already done Ooh. one custom for somebody. So, if you have specific colours or a specific idea, or say you have a shawl that you really want something that matches with it, or a, a motif, uh-huh. we can chat about it. It's feasible mm-hmm. to do. I have done custom jewellery in the past. I've done custom necklaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my. I mentioned I'm in a choir. Uh, one of the ladies in my choir was going on a special holiday. Um, her husband was taken to the La Scala Opera and she Ooh. wanted a piece to wear, so I made her an opera necklace wow. with a great big crystal set in the front of it and a corded necklace. It was a very large piece. It took about 45 hours to do. Ooh. So I do do bigger pieces if mm-hmm. people want them, and I will be in time expanding my business to include pieces like that, but yeah. also they take time. Mm. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing we were wondering... Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're in the summer period at the moment. Not a lot happens, but we've got plenty of things on the horizon to look forward to. Yes. And it's something our podcast... We, we love yeah, yeah, yeah. getting excited on the podcast. So have you got any updates coming up in your shop or any special little things that I, you can maybe um, give us a little hint about? Well, I'm currently working... I haven't made them yet, but mm-hmm. I am, I've got the, the components for making them and I have the design. Um, I am going to be producing uh, a set of Halloween pieces. So there's possibly going to be some pumpkins available <gasps> in a very bright orange bead it's probably yes. the brightest orange bead i've ever seen but you know um it'll be a crystal piece in the middle with um um i have i've i've just come up with a new idea for some pieces i haven't worked them up yet but they're probably going to go into the halloween at the same time there might be some shall we say school style scarfs going in for Brave, okay. cunning, smart, 
and kind students okay. of the Ooh. magical variety. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so those are and those are little fringed scarves, one for each house. That's come so up cute. With. Those sound adorable. Yeah, they are. They are actually kind of cute. Yes. I also have. I'm not. I can't talk about it too much. Uh-huh. But for anybody who's going to Perth Yarn Festival, I am doing a collaboration. <gasps> Ooh, who so, could that be with? Mm, I wonder. Um, there will be a limited edition Scottish themed um, stitch marker, crystal stitch marker, in association with a project bag that's yes. planned. That's planned at the moment. It's still in the progress being made, but the plan's been agreed basically. So look for that Ooh, one as well. Keep your eyes exciting. open. So, but yes, uh, and then. I haven't quite gone to Christmas designs yet. I do plan on having something Christmas. Mm-hmm. I have a rather large quantity of little Christmas jingle bells, tiny ones. <gasps> I need to find something that goes nice with them. So I might do jingly Christmas sparkly markers, but I'm still having thinking about what colours and things that people might want for those as well. That so. sounds amazing. So, so cute. <laughs> jingly knitting jewelry. Yes. Oh. That'll be so sweet. I actually have a tiny set of Christmas stitch markers I bought from somebody else, and they are just little tiny jingle bells. Mm. But I love them because every time I'm knitting on my Christmas socks, it gets ching, 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 ching. And I love it. It just makes me so happy. So I want to do something like that. So yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that's that's what I've got. As I said, obviously, I'm I've got this idea Mm -hmm. to do some bigger shawl pins as well. So, but the they do take a little bit of time to produce, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that knitters can appreciate things that take a bit of time to yeah. produce. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what's on the horizon. What are you actually working on at the moment then? So what's on your needles? What are you bead stitching? Bead needles, yeah. Bead needles. <laughs> They're needles okay, as well. Cool, They're cool. tiny, tiny bead needles. Um, so on the beading needles at the moment, um, anybody who goes on my Instagram will see I am currently working on a very large necklace for myself for the Perth Festival of Yarn Gala Dinner. Um, so there's this plan that some of us are dressing up in full on gala evening dress. Yes. Putting on the bling, oh, putting on the fashion. You know, um, I know a couple of people are talking about even making nice outfits, you know, dresses or tops. So, oh, and I happened to find a really nice dress in a charity shop that was brand new. Totally not what I would normally wear, but it's pink and floaty and it has large flowers on it. And it stuck in my brain that it kind of reminded me of a rainforest concept I'd had for a necklace. Um, I've explored rainforests and necklaces before. Mm-hmm. I have done one before for myself um, with trailing vines and large flowers. Because if you have a look at these tropical flowers, they're really big structural shapes. Uh-huh. And I like yeah. working in plants and organic shapes. Um, so I'm working on this very large flower at the moment. It's going to end up being about three inches across nearly. And that's only the main flower. I have two smaller flowers planned to go on it. And the vine of the necklace coming around the neck and going down into my cleavage, um, along with trailing vines and appropriate leaves going on it. So uh, it's going to be another 40, 50 hour project at least. To yeah, do, wow. you know, a real big bling of a piece but, it's yeah. stunning so far though i can't yeah, wait to it's, see it's got the big 27 millimeter crystal the one inch across crystal in the middle of it which swarovski are no longer making the colors of anymore so yeah. it's one of the last few um so that's my beading wise mm. knitting wise um i've got a pair of halloween socks on the go at the moment mm-hmm. um which are which have got contrast orange they're kind of like a halloween self-striping uh-huh. um 
by a dyer who I will not mention because this dyer had tested this striping colourway last year and decided they weren't happy with it so they're not selling it mm-hmm. but okay. they did give me it and I don't know why they're not happy with it because I love it <laughs> I think they need to do it again but fair enough that's their choice you know but there's a friend who just gave me mm-hmm. some yarn um, I'm also working on a garter stitch top down in the round sweater for myself and it's, I always get this name wrong, I think it's the Abraco sweater. It's a free pattern on Ravelry and it's hardly got any projects for it. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous because it has a swooping off angle mm. um, yoke design. And the yoke is done in half brioche, which if anyone knows me, I hate brioche. I do <laughs> it, but I hate it. But I actually enjoyed doing this one. Uh-huh. And, it's, okay. and it seems to be shaping up rather nicely. Mm. I'm stuck on Body Island at the moment and oh. I have another 20 inches to go of oh. garter stitch in the round alternating balls and no. then both sleeves to do. <laughs> oh, why do you do this yourself? I don't know. Why am I doing it when I want to be knitting the Amma sweater? Because <laughs> I've got the yarn wound up for the Amma sweater but I haven't started because I can't start the Amma sweater until I've done the Abraco, So It does look gorgeous though. It does. It, does, it yeah. is a beautiful project. Yeah. It's going to look amazing when it's finished. Yeah. And I think the only other thing that's on the needles... Yeah, there's the hibernating um, Il Barato scarf, uh-huh. oh, yeah. which has been knitted in um, oh, alpaca silk blend. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's, it's lovely. Every time I pick it up, it's, it feels amazing. But I just, I, like I said, the last 18 months with the eye problems and everything, I've had health issues and I didn't have the concentration to follow double knitting multiple charts yeah. multiple colours yeah. <laughs> yeah. it'll get there it's about 8 inches long it'll get there eventually eventually, yeah. eventually. eventually. <laughs> having knit a double knit four ply scarf before I I get it yeah yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a commitment oh, it yeah. really is it's, it's not something you can sit in the subway and do it's like no. don't talk to me I'm knitting leave me alone <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ra- leave me to my <laughs> counting <laughs> rather the pair of you than me yeah mm-hmm. you can brioche away oh yeah. okay oh, that's, very, that's very generous you know <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, um, like, if you could remind us where we can find you. Yeah. Okay. So on Instagram, I am the little bush baby makes, which is my business one. Or if you want to just follow me personally, it's the little bush baby, but please follow me on both by all means. Um, and on Etsy, if you look up the shop name, it's the little bush baby, or if you're going to the address, it's www.etsy.com forward slash UK forward slash shop forward slash the little bush baby excellent brilliant all we can say now is thank you so much yes thank you thank you it's been a blast (laughs) and we hope you've all enjoyed listening bye guys